Welcome to the Runs From Podcast, episode 148. Rob Jones, is that correct? It is correct. Yeah, 148. Wow, we're getting on a bit, aren't we? You're, you're I think, maybe king of the podcast now. What do you mean king of the podcast? Never missing a show. <laughs> no, I did listen to last week. I heard Steph's request for being co-host. Just a reminder, we were doing podcasts when she was still in her marketing diapers. <laughs> so need to relax there. Need to relax. Steph is actually sitting less than two meters away from me. So she is itching to get into this podcasting chair. Yeah. Now, stay in the guest section, please. Stay in the guest section. Harsh. Harsh. We get lots of good feedback when Steph's on, actually. So we keep, I think we need to make her a regular contributor to the show. We do, we do, yeah, we do. What does that say about us? Maybe nothing. Good. <laughs> I don't know what it says about us. Maybe people are bored of us. Keep yeah, it fresh. I, I would be. I would be. Um, mate, something you did this week was an incredible reel on your Instagram. I, don't I did an incredible this. reel. Thank you. Thank you very much. We had a social media expert in last week to, to mm-hmm. chat to us, and uh, it seems you took what he said verbatim. <laughs> I picked a trending audio and tried to put some of my favorite photos from our community sessions in line with music. Oh, you did another one as well, though, where you started singing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was after the school run yesterday. <laughs> it was an insight that, into what's coming next. That was not so serious. <laughs> I've got a great one for the, uh, the Hill of Session as well on Thursday. Oh, I've, shown I, Skinny, I've shown Skinny already. He is a big fan. I regressed with an out-of-focus picture of my watch and a dog. The first thing he said to us was, make sure all your photos are of high quality, in focus, and you post an out-of-focus, low-quality picture. Yeah. Well done, Tom. Keep, keeping it real, isn't it? <laughs> Did you say, don't stray away from your comfort zone or something? Yeah, like stay in your lane, I think. <laughs> stay in your lane, exactly. what I said. Um, if I think it's a value, then then I'll post it. And I'm pretty excited now. On Mondays, I go for my easy run with the dog mm-hmm. and I focus on my form and I'm running not so much in pain anymore. It sets me up to run well on Tuesday. So I was like, let's share this. This, this is good. Are you, not, are, you, are, you, are you riding Monday morning as well? No. Uh, okay, there you go then. Yeah, no, that's all right. No. Just I was going to say, yeah. It's uh, that What I have noticed though is if you try and do... It'd be it's a full-time gig this this social media thing if you try and make a decent reel and you actually sit and think and try and snip it and put the the text over it my goodness it takes a long time i just don't have time i don't do sorry. it sorry sorry fans i use a, a scheduler i schedule three posts a week yeah that's my bread and butter and if anything bonus happens it's completely on the fly ad hoc ad hocking <laughs> ad hocking um I'm trying to think where I was last week. I, we ran track this morning. The lack's I've gone. For, I've forgotten what happened last week. Ah, oh, Thursday. Cleared my memory. Um, you look like you've run six track sessions back to back as we speak. How I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty cooked because obviously I, I hadn't done much speed before I left for summer. And now coming back and now that we're running coaches track. So we're running at our paces. I need to get those back up. I am cooked on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> you all are, I think, right? So this morning uh, was particularly, particularly tough. 
the Lacedaemon workout. I think will become a famous one among us. Four four hundreds, three threes, two twos, but with only thirty, twenty five, and twenty seconds rest going on between them. It catches up with you. Well, the the point of the session was to just get as much lactate into your system as possible for all the adaptations we get from that. But mainly because when you can still work with lactate flowing around, then you're getting fitter or you're getting better at using that lactate to put back into your energy sources, which means you're going to get better at those 10K kind of efforts, which funnily enough, we should all be going to a 10K on the weekend. Some of us, but uh, it was a specific session for the weekend. But mate, absolutely wipes the floor with you. Yeah, it it hurts to sit. You know, when you feel twitchy and uncomfortable and just restless Mm. after a session, I feel like that right now. Yeah, I yeah. want to move, but I don't want to move. Um, what was also really good was the the four minute rest between the two sets is long enough that you recover, but just not long enough. Your body started to cool down, so when you start that first four hundred and the second set, yeah, oh, it takes a while to get going. Yeah, uh, uh, I got home, did some feedback, and then just went and sat in my freezer outside. <laughs> six minutes of sitting there in cold water how is you haven't updated us on the freezer in a long time how is that going Um, the water must be green honestly uh before we went away i drained it so the dog peed on it which short-circuited the thing so it blew the fuse (laughs) how do i know because i watched him do it and i I saw it go so i changed the fuse and then drained it and then repainted it spray painted it inside uh and like cleaned it and everything with a wire brush mm-hmm. spray painted it i used rust resistant spray paint and i did a total of four layers right and full full gas job i think everyone knows where this is going <laughs> i then four weeks ago put put water and ice back in it got it back working back on the timer it now sits at a comfortable five to six degrees nice celsius but there is clear showing signs of rust (laughs) so either i'm not doing it right or i'm being sold the wrong paint but yeah i mean who cares really like it's got a chlorine tablet in it i'm not not drinking the water so maybe just don't jump in with any open wounds it's my advice Yeah. yeah that's probably a good one and then i've masking taped up uh like or duct taped all the areas that if water does get into it, it causes problems so now it's it's watertight from the outside as well good yeah excellent so that's a pretty um, good update you use it quite a lot don't you use it regularly every day yeah there you go every good day. investment then i'd say great one yeah great one um and then last week i wasn't on the show you and steph were the week before that i was in oman i am writing up my oman blog i'm currently at 2200 words it's a thesis yeah so i'm gonna finish emptying my brain into it and then maybe do some editing maybe not maybe i'll just post it as it is but i think uh, post post as is the people that are the people that will read it will read the whole thing and the people that don't care won't read it anyway yeah that's my thoughts true that's true and then i'll get you to do my digital marketing on it (laughs) yeah i'll make a reel for you (laughs) sweet mate what's uh what's happening with you you just said you're getting back into speed work anything getting else? back in i am running a 10k at the weekend as well oh we, we should talk about witchcraft last weekend oh my we? god last i'm week. nervous 
oh yeah, witchcraft last weekend, we decided it'd be a good idea to bring back, because there's lots of clients starting to run marathons and some are further down their marathon journey than others, we thought it'd be a good idea to do a quite specific marathon tempo session, where I suppose the average of your eight kilometers at tempo effort would be marathon pace. But the idea is the first few sets are slightly below marathon pace. And then the last few sets are slightly above marathon pace as in faster than, mm. and it, you fucked the whole thing up for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a good time. So we're all running quite comfortably. It's a nine K warmup relaxed. Tom breaks off, goes to the toilet and to catch up from coming to the toilet, he decides he's running at 4.30 per K, maybe. Yeah, like that. it was. 4.30, 4.40. But doesn't want to slow down when he catches back up to us. So we all then need to run at 4.30 per K for 6K for the rest you of the warm-up. You didn't need to. I said, by the way, I'm not slowing because this feels fine. Because running slower <laughs> hurts for me at the moment. So my, my form at like 4.30, 4.40 is obviously good. It mm. doesn't cause me any pain. So I was like, well, I'm not going to slow. I'll just crack on. So we all went with you. <laughs> you all went with me. That was the issue. Poor Kevin. Kevin has only just finished his first half marathon. He's building up to a marathon and that was his longest ever run. I couldn't believe it when he said. Yeah, he didn't come even come in for a coffee. I think he's still at the beach track. I haven't seen him since. <laughs> it was tough. It was, what was it, an hour 40? And I didn't yeah. stop. I didn't take nutrition with me and I didn't stop for water, which was a huge no. mistake. I also forgot nutrition. I don't, I don't know why. I just it didn't cross my mind. In my in head, my it head, wouldn't take that long. In my head, we weren't doing the session we did. For some reason, I was like, what's the session? When, when we were chatting at the beginning. And then when I realized it was, it was four by two Ks blocks, but over, and it was a nine K warmup. I thought it was a four K warmup into like two by four K and then it was done. But it completely was 9K, wrong. Yeah. Into <laughs> four by two with a K easy between we did 21 Ks. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. So you see, you think we get everything right. We don't, we no, absolutely no. don't. We get it wrong all the time. Probably all more wrong time. than right. Yeah. Anyway, what are we talking good, about today? Good set. You have a title. You sent me a title. Mate. So I'm interested. I think our listeners will be as well. Jord- Ultra X Jordan is currently underway. Yeah. They're on day two today. What's the result of day one? First of all, uh, I don't, Marcus only sent me some pictures. He didn't send me a results list. Uh, they've not got a leaderboard. I didn't see one, no. I think all in a fight endurance athletes are the top five. Probably. <laughs> Maybe not. I've got some good um, pictures. Of, they all look really happy anyway in the pictures. So that's, that's good. That's the update I have. Okay. So what I wanted to, or what I was wondering, because you're the king of multi-stage ultra, is what I've defined you as. Maybe the prince will call you. <laughs> What, what kind of admin is going into this? So you're packing. And the reason I asked, some clients posted a picture with like one bag and a backpack. Some clients posted two massive duffel bags ready to go. And then like Marcus, for example, he, he posts like a pair of Speedos and a GoPro and he's ready for the week. What kind of things should we be thinking about when we're getting to multi-stage ultra? Mm. What, where do you begin with packing what are you taking first so 
I want to break this up a little bit first because it's very, very different types of multi-stage ultra, if you like. So most people know or will have heard of an ultramarathon. So that's anything generally considered over 50 kilometers in distance. If you want to be a real stickler, you could say it's anything longer than a marathon. And that would be an ultramarathon. And then you have these fantastic things called sub-ultramarathon stage races. And what that is, it's a multi-day race, and every day that you're racing is less than a marathon or up to marathon distance, but it's a sub-ultramarathon stage race. You then have, if you like, an ultramarathon stage race, which is, again, over multiple days, but maybe one or two of those days might contain distances, maybe even three of those days. But multiple days are over marathon distance or into the ultramarathon category, which is what Ultra X falls into. And then you have self-supported multi-stage ultra, which is your MDS. Oof. So, or your race for the planet or your four deserts races. Those are probably the most prominent series that people will know about. And that is you need to be self-sufficient and you carry everything you need on your back from day one until day six at the end. And the only thing that the organizers will give you is water and maybe some shelter over your head, like a tent. Um, but you need your sleeping mat, you need your sleeping bag, everything that you would need to be self-sufficient. Um, so the race that the guys are doing at the minute, Ultra X Jordan, is a, a multi-stage ultra marathon so there are i believe three days out of the five that are over marathon distance one being 50k one being 45 and the other a long day which is about 73 the organizers provide you with shelter in terms of a, a cloth tent that you sleep in if you like the big bivouac tents uh, you need your own sleeping mat you need your own sleeping bag you need all of your nutrition except for water for the week. But what the race organizers will do is transport your kit bag from day to day. So in effect, all you need to run with is a minimal mandatory kit and your running fuel. So you can run quite light and you can run quite fast. As you can imagine, the admin for something like this is very, very different from something like MDS where what you carry or what you need for the week, you carry on your back. So you're trying to go as lightweight as possible. But this race, you're allowed 18 kilos this year in your sack or your, your travel bag that will be carted around. So you have room for luxury. Sack. Sack. I, tried, I couldn't remember the word for luggage bag. bag. Yeah, bag. A, a bag. <laughs> How did I forget the word bag? Jesus. That's that track session as well. My mouth is still full of lactate from earlier. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when you said to me, you just sent me the title admin <clears throat> for a multi-stage ultra. And I, I thought about admin as, as the terms you put it, but then I thought about actually admin in terms of training, admin in terms of racing, admin in terms of nutrition, admin in terms of recovery and sort of, if you like, event admin. So how do you manage actually being at an event like that? It's very, very different from turning up to a single stage race or, you know, a race at the weekend, which is maybe 10, 15, 20 kilometers. They're yeah. all very, very different. Um, where do you want to start? <laughs> at the beginning. At the beginning. So maybe start with training. Yes? Sure. You're just, you're just nodding. Yeah. <laughs> 
you, so for you wrote the subheadings. <laughs> the training for something like this, I, it's again, it's it's very very different from if you're like a, a sub ultra stage race because you need to be prepared to run an ultra marathon days into back to back racing. Mm. So your training is going to have to have lots of back to back days in your training it's going to have to be course specific if possible so this race is in the sand so you want to be training on sand or uneven terrain there's nothing really flat everything is at a gradient either up or down i think there's there's one section of this course which is 20 kilometers long at a gradient of three and a half percent in soft sand and you can see the entire 20k from where you start to where you crest the hill if you like so getting training or training for the specifics in this race is really key to success i mean some people won't be able to people are coming from the uk and they're coming from the end of the summer whereas we're coming from a hot summer so we'll our guys will have trained in the heat and will be well used to the heat whereas the uk guys have probably gone into that cold weather and are now trying to ramp it back up um Training-wise, you're probably looking at sort of long, slow days, five, six, seven hours, and then short recovery time into another long day. Um, You want to, if you like, train to wake up sore, but then get used to easing out of it whenever you start running again. So you don't want to absolutely smash yourself and wake up and can't run. You've got to train the body to be able to run again and again and again. So avoid the lactagon avoid lactagon if at all possible um yeah that's in terms of training that's what i'd be looking at not necessarily smashing yourself along back-to-backs every weekend but you need to condition the body to be able to run on tired legs because that's Mm. what you're going to do you know you need to go out and run for three or four hours go to bed wake up and go and run again for six seven hours you need to put that into your training if you want to do well at these sorts of things yeah if you're doing a, a self-supported race, then you need to be able to do that with a heavy backpack. Right. So then in your training, you would mimic what you're going to be running with during the race. Yeah, I would. So the guys that have been training with us for this have run with quite lightweight on their back, but they've been doing lots of incline work out in the desert on similar terrain to what the race is. Mm, and through it. the summer as well. So they've been doing it in hotter conditions. It's quite fresh at the minute. Um, and if you like, if you get to the admin of racing, you've got to remember it's a five day event. So it's, it's tricky because you want to take advantage of the days that you feel good and you want to try and also not absolutely smash yourself on those first few days. So there's a real fine line between going overboard with your pacing and then taking advantage of how good you feel. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you see people that get that wrong and it's really evident. There'll be people that run far too hard on day one and you see them back at the camp and they know they've gone too hard and they suffer for the remainder of the week. So you don't want to leave everything all out there on the first day because you won't recover from it. So it's, it is possible to go out at a solid pace as long as you, if you like, you focus on your nutrition and your hydration during the race, but also right after when you're recovering. Um, Cause that's going to be key then to set you up well for the rest of the week. Yeah. You're talking from experience there. I have made that mistake. Yes. And then from a, a food admin standpoint, yeah. you're obviously going to be just a calorie burning machine on these things. Do you then think about eating more as the race goes on later into the race? 
in which case you have to pack or think you can't just have, okay, I'm going to have this many calories per day. You have to think, okay, I'm going to have this many calories per day on day one and maybe day two, and then three and four, I'm going to need a little bit more. So I'm going to have this many calories or you, or you just making life easy for yourself and just saying, I'm going to just eat this every day, no matter what the day. I like to mix it up. So most of my race nutrition was the same because I knew it worked, but again, similar thing, you're because you're not pushing as hard for it's not like a marathon where you see lots of stomach upsets because people are literally on the red line for two and a half, three hours, four hours, and they're pushing to the absolute limit. This it's more relaxed. You're pushing hard, but you're not pushing as hard. So your stomach's less likely to get screwed up. And so you can probably get away with more. Um, like say, you're not just thinking about what am I eating to get me through this bit is what am I eating then so that I'm not so depleted when I return to camp that then I can, recover and feel the next day and then the next long day which is maybe seven eight hours of running so mm. i mean i generally i calculate the runtime as one thing so just as a as an estimate six minutes per k for example um for the race time and then i factor in just my usual caloric intake and then bolt on additional so i'd be running maybe four and a half five thousand calories a day on the, the 40, 45 K days and even more on the longer days. Sounds awesome. It's really good. <laughs> and the, but then how is you it can... when you all sat around and you know, there's no, uh, there's no buffet happening, although one of your clients thought there might be when you all sat around and so-and-so is like pulling out whatever barbecue chicken pizza in a bag and someone else has got cauliflower and spam. How much is there like, you know, what have you got going on? Any, any trading on camp or, or anyone like, do you feel eyes burning into your food, wishing that they had it? What, what's the deal 100%, there? hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> the, the, I think the, one of the biggest errors I see, or maybe not an error because they quite enjoy it, but something that people seem to do is they use rehydrated everything. Hmm. So they'll go super lightweight on their food because they're trying to save weight, but 18 kilos is a hell of a lot to take for a week. Um, we had 14 kilos last year and we took our own French press. We took our own ground coffee. We took tins of tuna. You took, we took Moses? Our, we took, yeah, we took a barista. We took uh, tubs of peanut butter, tubs of Nutella. So that along with your rehydrated food, you can stock up with loads of real food if you like your comfort food when you get back to camp so you can snack and you mm. can enjoy it. And it's just yeah. that... The, the rehydrated food is actually quite tough on the stomach if you're having that for every single meal. Is that because it's so high calorie normally in so such high, a small, you're only eating what, like maybe 20 spoonfuls of it, but you're getting in like it. a thousand calories? Yeah. So I like, you know, a bowl of what would normally be probably three, 400 calories is a thousand, like you say. And the only way that they can do that is jam pack it full of sugar. So the mistake I made on, on last year's race was, day one spaghetti bolognese which is fantastic i've had this before but my just my gut hadn't recovered from pushing quite hard on day one cram in thousand calorie spaghetti bolognese with i want to say it was 60 grams of sugar um and it was just my guts were in pieces and then so i was went into day two dehydrated mm. i shat out and threw up everything i consumed <laughs> that day oh. um i was just drained on day two and i was trying to catch up then from that for the remainder of the week yeah yeah so what about if you were to eat say half the packet 
like early on and then eat the other half like before you're going to go sleep or something like that this is it so the the change of plan of what we did during the event was come in and you have you've like your your immediate recovery protocol so it might be a protein shake or something light take on some electrolytes let the body settle and you take on a 400 calorie meal perhaps and then mm. because you're getting in at maybe two o'clock in the afternoon letting that digest and then you have your dinner at six or seven it might be another four or five hundred calorie meals so you're splitting those meals up makes sense and then yeah what about the well, almost like the morale effects of it have you watched people in the past sort of lose their shit because they forgot maybe a, a certain meal that they wanted or they see someone else with something like you how much of a mind game does it play drop it in the sand that's common <laughs> so you know you fill these things up with water and they're hot right so you're filling right. up with boiling water the boiling water spits on your hand they drop their meal in the sand and that's it gone you, you're not going to eat sand um but most of the people actually are quite good at their admin they always pack spares oh, so yeah. if you always have some spares of everything um in terms of it's, it's admin actually i put down atmosphere and camp vibe in admin mm. i've come up to this now because you just sort of dawned or brought up a point i wanted to, to actually mention i think if you've never tried a multi-stage race or especially one where you, you'll camp it's it's really really different to your your standard race or your single stage race it's actually really really social as an event you know you're not running all day long you probably start early and the bulk of the runners will finish in good time um it's almost like a runner's holiday you know you get your run in your the locations are usually somewhere where you're not going to be able to run normally so the locations are epic the views are fantastic and then you get to hang out with people that love running and love talking about running and are probably it's maybe not their first race so they've done some epic events in the past so they've got a really good story of why they're there so it's a little bit different from a single stage ultra where people come in they finish and then they they bugger off home or you know a five or a 10k where everyone's smashing themselves and then they finish and go home mm. um there's lots of mingling and an opportunity to make real good connections with people and so if you're a social person you'll thrive in that environment. But if you're not used to that, it can be actually mm. quite tough and quite stressful. There's you almost nowhere, to there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> yeah, there's nowhere to hide really. People yeah. will ask you questions and want to talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you, you, you enjoy them. I do quite enjoy them, yeah. If you're not a social person then, how, how would you see the best way of handling it? You almost need to sense the vibe. You can, when you arrive usually at a camp on day one, you can sense who the talkers are going to be, who the, the loud people are and who the more laid back, chilled out people are. Mm. Um, so I'd make a beeline for the quieter tents <laughs> and try and plank yourself there. Um, but the good thing with these events is usually the camps move from point to point. So you're not fixed. So after day one, if you don't like who you're sleeping with, you can change it on day two. Yeah. And then, okay, let's talk about sleeping arrangements now. Sleeping. Uh, you have to take your own sleeping stuff, bedding. Yes. Tempura mattress. Yes. What, what do we question? go for? <laughs> what, are, um, what are they called? Thermarest? Thermarest. Thermarest is actually, it's an Irish company, Thermarest. Is it? Um, yeah. Baden Thermarest. Thermarest. Ther <laughs> so, so uh, blow up mattresses mm. or do you think camping mats 
Good. What What are we aiming for? Lightweight, I, or are we going for comfort? I've done both. Go for comfort. Go for. But comfort. no, I actually. It depends how much your what your budget is. If you're on a cheap budget, then uh, the thin, not even thin anymore. The the foam, if you like, traditional Duke of Edinburgh mats everyone will know which one i'm talking about the big rectangular things that just slot on top of each other that is absolutely perfect i've used that before works really really well i'd say take a pillow yeah if you have the luxury or if you have the ability to put a bit more money into it than something like Thermarest or uh the brand is nemo they do inflatable light weight matches that are almost unpoppable um mm. you know they weigh a couple of hundred grams and they'll they'll inflate to six, seven inches and you, you will sleep. You'll have the, they're more comfy than my bed, to be honest, yeah. but they're a couple of hundred quid. Um, yeah. If you can have the luxury to spend the money on that, then sleep Worth doing is hundred percent. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're sleeping, you're recovering. Right. And if you all know what it's like, if you try and wake up and do a normal session in normal everyday life and you haven't slept well, yeah. how likely are you to perform in that session? So Not, true. Not very, but if you're asleep, if you have a good night's sleep, then you're going to wake up feeling really, really good. So true. I have a Nemo pillow. Marcus bought it for me actually for mm. Christmas, I think. It's a solid pillow. And I, yeah. I used to first, do you remember? I used to have that like stretcher I used to sleep on. Do you remember? That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was why you first used for camping out here. That you can't move in it, you're like stuck <laughs> in a valley. So next to that, and then got one of those fold-up mats that you just talked about. Yeah. And, then, and I was like, ah. because if you're sleeping in sand, it's okay. But if you're on hard rock, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then I went and bought uh, a double size like blow-up mattress that rolls up into maybe like a normal bag size. Yeah, And then I, I blow it up and then I fold it on top of each other. So it's like a double comfort single mattress. And the difference it makes for your sleep is unreal. And But the problem is it's, it's heavy. But when you're camping locally and you can put it in your car, no problem. But if you were to go on one of these multi-stage and those, those Thermarest or Nemo things, I mean, they fold up to nothing, don't they? Yeah. But you get the comfort of like a double, a double mattress. It's so worth it, I think. Yeah, I've got a Thermarest actually that's like, it's a, it's almost a self-inflating one. So it doesn't fold up small and it's definitely not light, but it is comfortable. Yeah. I actually sleep on sure. it. I sleep on it in the living room floor sometimes whenever Hannah's not, I'm not sure sleeping well. Um, but it's super wide as well. So you can fit your entire, you, know, you can fit lie down flat yeah. and your shoulders can fit on it. And then you can actually cross your arms. So you've got the width and my arms are quite wide. You've got, mm. <laughs> you've got enough room to lie with your arms under your head, if you like. And all yeah. of your arms are on the thermarest, which I think is great. Because you can get those ultra, ultra lightweight, like mm. skeleton mattresses. I think they call them, aren't they? That's that it. have yeah. like holes between them. I've never heard a good word said about them. A few guys have used them. I've seen a few guys use them before and they just, they look flimsy. They don't look comfortable. They're noisy. Mm. So when you, if you move on them, they'll creak and they'll squeak and they'll wake you up. So that's another thing. You're looking for a mattress. These, uh, these top brands have figured that bit out, which the cheaper brands haven't. So right. whilst, you know, you can buy a mattress and you'll probably get pushed all the adverts now on Instagram for cheaper mattresses. And it looks all fantastic. What they're not showing is if you lie in it, it will make a lot of yeah. noise. Yeah. And you don't want that. No. And yeah, you just want, you want comfort. I think those other mattresses, like the skeleton ones, they're fine if you sleep on your back and don't move. Yeah. <laughs> and who does that? <laughs> who Nobody. Does that, Only psychopaths do that. Exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, good. And then, so pillow is important. And then sleeping, sleeping bag, bag. It's mm. warm. So what are we doing here? We cutting holes in the feet or? <laughs> so I have a sleeping bag that unzips fully to almost like a duvet. I Beautiful. like to have my feet tight. So I just use it like a blanket. And yeah. same idea. Again, you can buy super lightweight sleeping bags mm. that will keep you warm in, up, you know, minus five, minus 10 degrees and up to 25, 30 degrees, they'll keep you cool. Or you can buy a cheap sleeping bag, which won't do as much. So it's really mm. all about how much you want to spend. If this is going to be something that you're going to incorporate in your life a lot, mm. it's worth spending the money now. Otherwise you're, what do they say? Buy cheap, buy twice. Exactly. Sometimes you're going to want to upgrade. Yeah. Sometimes the rice. Um, um, so I am with you, mate, on having my feet out and I was using a sleeping bag a lot and getting really restless in it. And I was like, they have to do sleeping bag material blankets. And I found one. Really? On Amazon. Yeah. It's called, <laughs> I think it was called go outdoor company or something. So now I have, I still have a sleeping bag, but I don't, I never take it with me. I just use a, uh, this down, down insulated blanket. That's cool. Great. Yeah. I might good. look into that. Yeah. They're on Amazon. I'll send you the link. Use my okay. uh, discount code. <laughs> and the other hack, the other hack I've done, which mm. again, thanks to Marcus, sleeping bag liners, silk yes. sleeping bag liners. Yep. They're warm enough that they keep you kind of covered and, and okay, but in warm conditions, they don't overheat you because they're very breathable. Absolute game changer, those things. Yeah, they're very good. They protect the, well, for the expensive um, goose down sleeping bags, they protect the inside of the sleeping bag as well. Right. From? Sweat. L lions. Ah, oh, sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Anything else? Uh, are we packing like bedside lamp or bedside uh, table? Coffee, obviously. Coffee. You've got to have good coffee. I'm a coffee snob. I can't drink the Nescafe stuff. So we always pack good coffee. Breakfast, actually. What we did, because... Um, not a big fan of the rehydrated breakfast. Again, just crammed full of sugar. It's very easy just to pack a bag of oats, isn't it? Mix it up yeah. with some nuts and some seeds. Yeah. Take a jar of nut butter, mix yeah. it up the night before with some cold water, leave it overnight, and you wake up, you've got your overnight oats. How yeah. posh. Very mm -hmm. posh. Yeah, you could just pack uh, a pack of Frosties also. <laughs> you could also pack, pack yeah. some Frosties. And um, then top hack, hairnet. Take a hairnet, like the shower caps. Right. So when you, because water is limited at these events and you maybe want to wash your feet, dry your feet, maybe wash some clothes, a uh, shower cap is super lightweight. It can stretch out and it acts like a basin. So you can fill uh -huh. it with water, put your feet in, wash your feet, wash all the sand off your toes and put your clothes in afterwards and just give them a little rinse to get the salt off there. Oh. I mean, they're not going to smell fresh, no. but you won't have salty deposits on your clothes and they'll be able to be warm the next day without chafing you. Incredible. Incredible. Let's talk a bit about feet and things. Mm. Um, now, although I live in the desert, I hate sand. Gets everywhere. Um, you're, so you, you're getting in. Here's how I envisage it for me, right? Mm. I get in from running. Shoes off, socks off. Start walking around. Feet are sweaty. They're caked in sand. You go and wipe your feet off with a, with a, uh, with a wipe. What do they call them? You know, the... Toilet wipe, wet wipe. Toilet wipe, wet wipes, yeah. yeah. Then you put on like some comfortable footwear. And of course, sand gets back in. So your feet are sandy again. 
then you start feeling like it's rubbing on things and maybe a blister's coming up. Then you can't be asked to wipe your feet again because you know you're going to get up in the light to go for a pee. Like, what are we, what's the best way of doing this? Do you put gaiters on your slippers? <laughs> or do you, do you have a pretty set rule on how to take care of your feet when you're in sandy conditions? So come in, pretty much what you said, mate. You come in, shoes off, socks off. I don't wipe my feet. I let them dry out if they're sweaty and if there's wet sand on there. So let them dry out. Then go through the routine, you know, wash the clothes, take the bag off, unpack the bag, get some fuel in. That's the first thing, recovery from running and then deal with the foot admin and the bag admin. Um, But yeah, rinse the feet off of sand, dry them off, check, see if there's any hot spots anywhere that rubs. And if you have your gaiters sewn correctly, if your shoes are a good fit, if you have good socks and you will have trained in these so you know that there should be no rub points, then there will be no blisters and just stick on a pair of flip-flops and keep them aired and keep them dry. And then brush the sand off before we get in your, in your, in your bedroom. Well, if you're using an open sleeping bag, you won't need to. Oh, just brush them fe- off on your neighbor's pillow. Your feet will be poking out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Glad we cleared that one up. Good. You get quite a lot of people actually, well, you could argue there, you see lots of people, at these events, running around in these uh, like a Niji socks and they are mm. individual toes. Mm, Rickson. So that they'll come in and they'll be able to put those socks on and then flip flops and it just keeps their feet clear of anything. Nice. That's a good idea. Good. What's next? What's next? How do you, uh, okay. Charging things. Watch charger watch charger actually my watch is so good it doesn't need charge i came back last time with over 50 percent. so uh, that's not an issue for me if that's an issue get a new watch <laughs> get a new watch okay get a and new then, watch well, yeah what else do you need to charge gopro maybe gopro and somebody again i was just a bit of an idiot well not an idiot i just don't pack one and i don't own one but lots of people will take solar chargers and that's where mm. the camp vibe atmosphere comes in and you go around and you ask to borrow things steal a borrow or steal yeah. a borrow oh, excuse me mate. any chance i could just charge this up for three hours thanks what's the biggest waste of money that someone's bought on camp that you've ever seen Oh, I need to think about that one. But I don't, I know the, <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest mistake I saw um, based on something that we were doing was fantastic. Yeah. So the first time we ever went to a race like this, you remember back in the day um, when Marcus ran his marathons and we went for a run, I'd watched the guy that had this shirt that had holes cut into it for ventilation. So I, yeah. I was telling him about this and then he went and he started cutting holes in his shirt and then we all did it and it actually it works really, really well. So we all rock up to Jordan with our, our t-shirts that we've cut the sleeves down. We've cut no the bottom is. half off so they don't, they don't stretch and they've got holes everywhere that we've cut out with scissors. Yeah. We're used to it. We've, we've trained in it. We've done it. This guy was chatting away to me going, why are you, why have you done this? It's like, oh, for, you know, keeps us cool ventilation. And so he had a, just a plain cotton t-shirt and he went away that night and chopped holes in his plain cotton t-shirt poor guy from the uk looks like he's barely seen the sun in his life the next day he had red raw blistered holes Ah. through the t-shirt all over his skin he ended up dropping out because of it it was just that they they went all (laughs) all septic and infected poor guy 
It's just also got to be careful where you're cutting because if you only cut out the nipple holes, you look even weirder. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just oh, I felt so bad for him. He forgot to put sun cream on them. And, oh, it just went horribly wrong for him. Oh dear. I think I've got a photo of it somewhere. I'll try and fish it out. <laughs> so try not stick to what you've trained. Don't be swayed by what other people are doing. It's not necessarily right. It's not necessarily wrong, but it doesn't mean it's applicable to you. Just stick with what you know. Trust what you've done and what you've trained. Great advice. Anybody take uh, like headphones for music and things from their phone or most people just use others? Well, when I'm running at the front, it's very hard to see. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some people do, but I mean, for an event like that, you, the idea is that you're, you're meant to be removed from everyday life. You're meant to be taking in the scenery. And I think if you stuff the pair of headphones in your, in your ears to listen to a podcast or some music, you're not really embracing why you're there. Mm, um, unless so there it's will the be, strong podcast, of course. Well, yeah, there will be people that have it, but... I don't necessarily agree with it. Good shout. Spare set of shoes? Nope. Spare set of gaiters? Nope. Spare shorts? Yes. How many sets of underwear? None. None. Okay. No, I don't run in underwear. So, I mean, for a week's running, I took two pairs of shorts and a pair of lounge shorts. And the end... At the end, that's it. for the awards. <laughs> yeah, posh shirt. Um, I, I didn't use the spare set of running shorts. They were just in case. Because mm, okay. at the end, of, I was rinsing them off every day, so getting the salt out of them. And then I actually took a little bit of detergent with me because we had the weight allowance. Um, if you're running a self-supported multi-stage, you can actually buy, <clears throat> excuse me, almost like dry soap tablets um to wash yourself off at the end of every day they're super lightweight they're not very nice um but they work for a week Mm. so people will use those sports bras yeah i think actually the ladies took multiple pairs that i know of there are quite a few um that were rinsing off their stuff as well Mm. and then one race vest two race vests one race vest one hat one hat one pair of sunglasses <laughs> you just reading you're reading off the mandatory kit list <laughs> <laughs> i think that's most admin what did i say admin racing nutrition recovery atmosphere training yeah i think that pretty Excellent. much covers it and then uh don't forget that you need stuff to wear getting back on the plane to go home with yes so, i guess you just wear what you arrived in you wear what you arrived in exactly so what you arrive in pre-race is what you leave in post-race yeah so if you get a t-shirt made up that just says winner on it you look a bit <laughs> weird arriving but you might leave looking great i mean what you got to remember the, these are not it's not a fashion show these things it's Definitely you're not. there everyone's going to be a little bit smelly everyone's going to be running hard it's you know you're going to see people shitting in the desert people that you probably wouldn't want to see shit in the desert or be in the mm. desert it's it's very freeing and there's no judgment because everyone has to do it and accept it yeah. so as long as you're comfortable with that and you make peace with that then you'll have a good time if you're if you're a bit of a prude and you're worried about going to the toilet in front of people then these are not the events for you but from a just for females listening are they given more private space there is yes and no um 
there is, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a, a toilet, a toilet of sorts at some of these events. Now, again, it depends on what race you're doing, so you need to check. But for for the Ultra X one, they have a pop up tent, if you like. They dig a big hole in the ground. They put mm. a toilet seat on it, and you're meant to bring your own. Part of the kit list is, if you like, toilet bags, and they pop over the hole. You go and do your business, tie it up afterwards, and drop it in a bin bag and then they'll take care of it um, to try and keep obviously hygiene levels up because they don't want people yeah. walking into the desert, digging a hole themselves, doing their business and leaving wet wipes that don't biodegrade everywhere. Yeah, so it's yeah, trying yeah. to keep the area pristine, but you can buy biodegradable baby wipes if you like yeah. um, that will dispose over time. Yeah. Made by babies for babies or for humans. Babies. Yeah. So, so, but then like women's, getting changed and things they they have their own tent and stuff or it's just no it's just it's just normal if you like <laughs> it's people change woodstock. yeah for <laughs> woodstock exactly like burning man um i think you just ask for privacy or you go in the back of tents there's plenty of places you can find corners to get changed in yeah same same with the men right as well like nobody wants to see things dangling around in front of them if they're about to make their dinner so you Less, just have uh, a bit of <laughs> not if it's uh, pouring hot water everywhere camp etiquette i think camp etiquette yeah mm. there is i say this though there's a funny picture that i took the first year and i got someone to take a picture of me with the cracking view the sun was setting behind this cracking like this amazing rock and i only afterwards i think it was about six months afterwards i zoomed in on the photo of me and there's a poor woman squatting behind the bush <laughs> going to the toilet and i'd never noticed it and nobody noticed it when we were taking the picture so good. these things happen i never these i haven't things. actually posted it there we go we got I mean, friday's post done <laughs> i need to edit all right I can't shit view that. shit view good well mate that's it i think i've picked your brains as much as i plan to mm. if anyone good. has any other specific questions just feel free to message me yeah excellent don't forget we're brought to you by hoka head over to the Hoka website. You can go through their questionnaire to figure out which shoes maybe of their vast range might suit you the best. We both wore Carbon X3s this morning. We did. The new Mac 5 is the new a special shoe. I love that it shoe. Is. Yeah, it's a very nice shoe. Uh, Marcus is currently running around in the Tecton X, the carbon-plated trail shoe. Yes. Over there. You need to see what he thinks about them when he comes back at you on that sort of terrain. Yeah, true, true. He's, and, and he's if not, you want to see, go on. He's not got gators stitched into them either. Amateur. <laughs> if, if you want to keep up to date with what's happening on the Ultra X Jordan race, head over to at Ultra X Co on Instagram and you can follow along there. And also a load of stuff's going on to Marcus's story as well mm. at MJD underscore Smith. If you want to see the real king, Rob Jones, king of reels uh you can go to at rob jones endurance and if you want to see me posting the same old pictures of me and my dog <laughs> you can go to tom walker fitness simple as your your marketing strategy is me and dog wednesday yeah. is cycling uh saturday is cycling and if you don't like some... it don't follow it's the beauty of social isn't it yeah don't <laughs> it's good negative marketing <laughs> strategy yeah uh, your aim is to lose followers 
gain clients, lose followers. Exactly. That's it. We'll be back next week with another show. Done. After going full gas at a 10 mm. or 16K race. We Super actually, ports. we should say we have 39 as of yesterday, signed up to this race at the weekend. So it's going to be something special. It's going to be very good. Very excited. I was nervous. Quite a lot of them, I think, are going to absolutely smash me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's about taking part, isn't it? Yes. I might just have to run with someone at the back. Yeah. Just right the race run. off. Coaching, coaching run. run. That's what we'll call it. Good. All right. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to write into the show, you can do endurance at innerfight.com and if you would like to help us out please rate and review the show and share it with a friend we have so many episodes now that can all suit different listening styles that doesn't make much sense but yeah you can for your, go back your listening our needs listening for your endurance needs, needs. Better, yeah what do you better. need go back through our history list you're going to find ones there on hydration on fueling on specifically on carbohydrates specifically on protein uh, we've done more training episodes around ultras. We've done training episodes for marathons, training episodes for 10Ks. We've had some incredible guests on. I mean, the catalog is just jam-packed. So head back through, have a listen to some other ones, and we'll be back next week with a fresh new one ready for you. Have a wonderful week.